With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Your preparation station with Donna Miller is on the air. Tune in for insight and encouragement for living a more sustainable back to basics lifestyle. No matter where you've come from or what the future may hold, we hope each episode will encourage you with topics, guests and stories that inspire your journey towards self-sufficiency. And now, the hostess of your preparation station, Donna Miller. Welcome to a brand new episode of Your Preparation Station. I'm so glad to be with you again today. And as usual, I'm always excited. I'm always excited about a guest. Um, But as usual, we have another great guest with you today. And I hope uh, this gives you a chance to get to know someone you may already be a little bit familiar with, but maybe you'll get to know them in a little different light. Um, I have Dr. Bones, basically, Joe Alton, Dr. Joe Alton, the half of the dynamic duo of Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy from doomandbloom.net. You may have seen their ad in Prepare Magazine in the front. You may have seen some of the articles that they have written for the magazine, or you may follow along in their blog. But, you know, they are everywhere. <laughs> They're kind of like uh, like we are. They reach into whatever way is going to reach you best, and they want to... Um, to, to be there to serve you and help you become as well-equipped and best prepared as you possibly can be for whatever situation comes across you in life. And this is just a great chance to get to, to visit with Joe. Now, Amy is um, off taking care of some other things. She's out doing some uh, of the other things that are necessary for their, their um, services to everybody. But I do uh, appreciate Joe taking the time to come and speak with me today. If you're not familiar with them, uh, let me verbally give you a, a website. It would be doomandbloom.net. It's D-O-O-M-A-N-D-B-L-O-O-M.net. Um, if you're listening on iTunes and you're not in front of the show page, which has all of their write-up um, to click through to, and if you don't want to... Um, remember that, just come back to the show page, you can click through. If you go to their website, you can see all the things that they're involved in. And I would say, Joe, 90% of it is actually training, teaching. That's that's what you're here for, isn't it? Oh boy, it sure is. Uh, by the way, <laughs> hi, how are you? I'm good. You know, this is the best part, is I get to visit with friends and other people get to listen in. I think this is what I love doing this for. Well, it's wonderful talking with you and thank you so much for having us on we you know that is absolutely absolutely right that our focus is education Mm -hmm. Uh, we want to get the average person to become a medical asset to their family and and we want to do it in such a fashion so that it's not not daunting it's not uh, too much of a challenge and and we want to do it all in plain english and and that is that's our mission. Our mission is to put a medically prepared person in every family. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys have definitely uh, grown leaps and bounds. Your reach has grown leaps and bounds. But what I would like to do with everybody today is to hear 
kind of what got you started in this. Not not every doctor considers preparedness kind of their focus. So what on earth got you started in, in the preparedness lifestyle? Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, pretty much every doctor always assumes that the, the ambulance is, is going to be there for them. A rescue helicopter is always <laughs> going to be on the way. And mm-hmm. and it it's true that... Uh, there, there are a lot of circumstances in which that's not the case. Uh, now, of course, we've always been uh, South Floridian sort of two-week preppers, I guess, always ready for the <laughs> next hurricane. Uh, so we have more than the three days that uh, you probably have heard that uh, most people only have three days in their uh, food in their pantry and things like that. And we always had more than that. But the issue with us is that we found that even that is not enough because there are going to be disasters that are taking us off the grid for two for much more time than you would think that the average storm would do it so i think that our first we we probably first started with hurricane katrina after hurricane katrina we experienced we we, Amy and I, sort of looked at each other and we saw that there were major issues with the medical response that mm. uh, occurred with Hurricane Katrina, not just because of the lack of personnel. There were a lot of people, actually, that good people, medical personnel that were converging upon the Gulf Coast uh, even before the, the storm was completely over, but they found themselves immediately almost almost immediately overwhelmed with 15,000 patients patient visits a day for at least for the first few days and there were a lot of people that because of flooding were unable to be reached so i I'm, i think there might have been some unnecessary loss of life as a result mm-hmm. of not being able to uh be reached by modern medicine by by the rescue helicopter by the ambulance and and so we figured out that this is something that there is not a lot of education for. There's a lot of first aid classes. There are a lot of uh, uh, Red Cross CPR classes and things like that. But there really nobody, at least nobody that was a doctor or, or a nurse practitioner, were really educating the average person on how to stop major bleeding, how to care for injuries, how to deal with infectious disease, how to deal with a wound that might have to be cared for from the beginning of that it's incurred all the way to the time that it's completely healed. And you know what? That is a big issue. And if mm-hmm. medical personnel aren't going to be willing to consider a circumstance where modern medical help isn't on the way, then somebody's got to fill the void. And so we indeed are here to fill the void and we're here to provide the education that may be needed to save lives in times of trouble. So so we started by, first off, training ourselves, learning, thinking from a different mindset. In general, the mindset that you will find that most people, that normal people, quote-unquote, uh, think, <laughs> yeah, I know, I'm, I, I have to use that word, that, that, that most people think, let's say that, um, they think that, Basically, modern medicine is always going to be there. I mean, what's your goal when modern medicine is available? Your goal when you hit, uh, reach 
uh, when you come upon an injured person, kind of come upon somebody that's ill, well, I mean, what you want to do is you want to stabilize that person. You want to get them to the hospital as soon as possible, right? That seems pretty reasonable. Yeah. Right? But the problem is, is that there's many circumstances in which you cannot reach modern medical care. And so, therefore, somebody's got to be able to sort of pick up the flag and be able to handle medical Ill issues like injuries and illness. And this is something that we just started doing over the course of time, started writing about it. We wound up putting some articles on a survival blog. Uh, the first uh, we wrote, the, or I wrote the, was the first physician at least that wrote uh, fish antibiotic articles. I uh, wrote about uh, the truth about expiration dates. And so those, those wound up in survival blog uh, with James Wesley Rawls. And uh, we appreciate mm -hmm. uh, his introducing us to the preparedness community. And I guess it's just sort of steamrolled from there. I mean, we first wrote uh, under the names, um, pen names, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, probably about mm -hmm. five or six years ago. Uh, but uh, when we wrote the Survival Medicine Handbook, I mean, we started using, you know, our names. So Joe Walton, MD, is what most of the time people you'll hear people uh, mention our name as. I mean, Dr. Bones, by the way, just came from uh, an old Star Trek TV show. <laughs> they, yeah, Captain Kirk called uh, Dr. McCoy Dr. Bones, or called him Bones, and he was called Bones for, from all the way back in the Civil War when... Doctors mostly did amputations, and they called them sawbones. Hmm. And so, and so that's why Doctor McCoy on Star Trek was called Bones. And so, I decided to call myself Doctor Bones. And the funny thing about it is that whenever you think of a pen name, always Google it first, <laughs> <laughs> because for the first six months after I started writing about disaster medical preparedness, if you Google Doctor Bones. You get a 1991 zombie flick called The Horrible Dr. Bones. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's hilarious. Well, I know, you know, as when we first were acquainted, it was several years ago, and that was how I met you, as under the, the pen name, I suppose, um, because we followed along some of the things that you did. Um, so it's pretty it's pretty synonymous with you, I think, in the preparedness industry now. So no one is looking at an old movie, hopefully. They, <laughs> they aren't finding that. Um, well, you know, we were thinking outside. Yeah, I was writing a lot of stuff outside the conventional medical wisdom, fish antibiotics, you know, don't throw away your expired medicines, stuff like that. And so I wanted to be able to have the freedom to, to write that way. And so uh, I call myself Dr. Bones. You know, at this point... You know, I if you want to take if somebody wants to take my medical license away for writing that kind of stuff, you know, go ahead. They're probably going to call me Doctor Bones until until I die. Anyhow. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, I think you're kind of stuck with it now because yeah. you're right. It is. Um, it's almost an. Um, it's not anti-regular medicine, but it's not checking your brain at the door just because you think everything's going to be status quo because in exactly. an emergency situation it's not and you're you're kind of putting that antithesis to traditional medicine that says okay wait stop and think right i'm writing from an entirely different mindset you mm -hmm. know that a, a mindset in which you don't get to pass the buck in other words uh -huh. that person that's injured 
is going to get better or is not going to get better because of what you've done to deal with that person from beginning to end as the medically responsible person for your family or group in a survival setting. And I you know I have to admit I've always liked this about you guys from from when I first got connected with what you do the way you approach teaching and the way you approach training someone is not 100% self-absorbed self-serving it's meant to work in a communal effort as in for your family or for your neighbor or for those in need um did, did you have you approached it deliberately that way cuz I know preppers in some ways are kind of self-focused i know that might sounds bad but they get that bad rap that we're kind of you know narcissistic take care of our own ourselves first which is untrue but yes <laughs> definitely you've I, definitely approached it from a community aspect yeah you know from my from my end the, the truth of the matter is is that what what i talk about is serious enough that i believe truly in my heart that there may be a life or two that might be saved by some of the stuff that, or some of the things that I espouse in my articles and in my videos and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I mean, you know, if somebody has an infected, I remember the after history uh, special after Armageddon, uh, no, the history channel special after Armageddon where the uh, father of a family in a survival setting, uh, chops some wood and gets injured, has a cut, the cut gets infected. He's a paramedic, so he knows what, it, what an infection looks like. And he goes to the, com- to the community medical stores and finds absolutely no antibiotics. And so he just watches himself die over the next two weeks hmm. as a result of an infected cut that goes into his circulation. And so I needed, and so my entire focus and my mission is to find strategies that are going to prevent some of what I consider to be unnecessary deaths. There are a lot of things I'm not going to be able to do anything about it. If somebody drops a nuclear bomb on, on New York, there are going to be people that die. But, you know, from, from my standpoint, I think that there are a lot of circumstances where the average person, if with the right supplies and with, with the right knowledge, they could really make a difference. They could save the life of a loved one in times of trouble. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very important to make yourself as skill set worthy of uh, being able to be that vessel. And I love how you guys approach it as far as, you know, you're you're equipping others to facilitate saving lives. So I think that's fantastic. Well, and everybody can do it. Yeah. I mean, it, I, it's within the reach of any, of any person that's willing to put a little time and effort into it. Mm-hmm. I have to ask you this question because I, too, am a South Floridian by birth and raising, I guess that's the best way. We went through Hurricane Charlie. Yay, that was fun. Um, I'll bet. <laughs> and, I went through Hurricane Andrew. That was more fun. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. yeah. Um, how many hurricanes have you been through? I just have to know. I've been through probably uh, – I'm an, I hate to say how old I am, but I'm <laughs> – the, the hurricanes, uh, I think Betsy, I, I, I mean, even from this, I was here since the late 60s. That's mm-hmm. how old I am. I am like <laughs> about a thousand years old. And so, so I had, I had all sorts of stuff. I was uh, uh, involved in helping out uh, during Hurricane Andrew. Uh, I ended up uh, shepherding uh, 
every pregnant lady in in the area that was seven months or, or greater, putting them in a hospital and, and sitting with them as all of their bags of water popped as a result oh, of the change in pressure. Gosh. And so, uh, yeah, so I, I, I did a lot uh, uh, with that particular one. I, I've been retired now for a few years, so uh, I'm here to help and, you know, part of the uh, – uh, list of doctors that uh, FEMA uh, can call in, in, in terms of uh, whenever there's a disaster. But uh, we just haven't had, actually, I think it's been almost 10 years since we actually had a hurricane hit this place. Mm-hmm. It's, been, it's been a while. I mean, I don't want to say Florida's do one, but uh, I grew up pretty much my whole life and never had anything. And then suddenly it seemed like they were coming left and right there for a while. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there is a there is something that every season as a Floridian you get prepared you wait for it to happen, but just like real life, if nothing happens, you get lulled into a little bit of complacency that it may not happen. Or general populace, I should say, gets lulled into complacency that oh no, it hasn't happened. We don't have to worry about it. But I'll tell you what, if you're not ready and it hits, um, it's not a pretty sight. Yeah, I'll tell you, you're absolutely right. And uh, you know what else? What else wasn't a pretty sight is seeing the shelves empty just because of a tropical storm that was a few hundred miles <laughs> away. I mean, dissipated before it even came here. Mm-hmm. But uh, but uh, you, you look on, on any of the news outlets, uh, media outlets, and you see all these empty shelves at, in stores and stuff like that. So uh, the panic. Panic is real, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, the the yeah. disaster sometimes is not real, but the panic is real. And you need to get these things beforehand. You need to get food and some water, medical supplies, to get all that stuff together. Well, and the panic can actually ensue other harmful situations. Um, I remember because we did not expect, sitting watching Hurricane Charlie come, it looked like it was going to hit above Tampa. And we were in Fort Myers. So it's kind of like, well, do you run north? Do you run south? What do you do? We were visiting family who left us there, by the way, which was awesome. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I know. They left. They came to North Carolina. Um, And then (laughs) we (laughs) thought we would wait it out. It was going to go north, and we knew we were on the less bad side of town or bad side of the the waves or the wind. And Uh lo and behold, if the thing didn't do a nice right-hand turn right into literally the back door of Fort Myers just above it. And so we watched the roof go up and down and, and, you know, lift and lower. We're sitting in a little tiny hallway with mattresses. But the panic after, um, I think, was the bigger thing. There was domestic violence, like it rose 200% because everybody was hot. Um the National Guard was out literally the next day. People were getting in fights over ice at Publix, um, fights in gas lines because there was no gas. So there, you know, the panic actually can cause physical damage and disaster. You know that uh, these types of disasters bring out the worst in people, and I think it bring out the best in people too. Sometimes mm-hmm. I mean, there are some people that are just meant to be. They're in a crisis, and they're they're the people that people look up to, and that and that will actually, you know, bear the load for their family. And 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 I honestly believe that 
that there are people that are put on this earth specifically for that purpose that we are that mm-hmm. some of us are some of us are very simply held in reserve I, I believe that I'm one of those people myself that you know probably uh, if if we're lucky, uh, you know, I'm an old man now, so I mean, the rest of my lifetime, may, we may not see a, you know, a global event, but uh, but you know, I'm in reserve, and if mm-hmm. I'm in, what one day, you know, I'm needed to fulfill, you know, my what my purpose was, and there here I am. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. It does those situations. You have to be aware they can bring out disasters, but you have to also be able to rise to the occasion so that you can be the answer to the other, <laughs> the negative yeah. side. You have to be that counterbalance. You you need to know what's going to happen, but you don't have to partake. You don't have to be worried about it, but you just you just have to be aware of it. Um, so I think that's you're exactly right. Um, you rise to the occasion when called into into action. So that's right. wonderful. You- you and I, Don, are forces forces for good, and uh, we don't uh, we're not necessarily needed right now. I mean, mm-hmm. we're needed right now to spread the word uh, of preparedness, but uh, may not be needed specifically to grow food or or to treat illness or uh, or to do the other things that we're that we're good at. But uh, you know, we are people that that will help and will save lives in times of trouble if it comes down to it. Mm -hmm. And I I like what your mission is to be able to create more people like that, empower them to to have certain skills and knowledge so that they can feel better equipped if they're called upon to rise to the occasion too. I think that's great. Absolutely. In a few years, I'll be drooling on my shoes. So, (laughs) you know, I need need some youngins to... to take over for me. <laughs> you joke. No, I doubt that. Seriously, it'd be several years, not just a few, several. Um, we're going to take a real quick break, and then I want to help people get acquainted with really kind of everywhere that you are, all the stuff that you do. If they haven't gone to your website, um, let's give them a verbal because, you know, they may be in their car. So we'll do that in just a second after we get back from our break. National Geographic traveled all the way to Boone, North Carolina to select Turtle Island Preserve, a nonprofit outdoor discovery center and Appalachian Heritage Farm as one of the 100 most enriching destinations in North America. For over 26 years, families have gained enrichment while discovering nature and, more importantly, themselves. In a world where digital screens and push buttons have replaced actual contact with nature, Turtle Island's beautiful campus and knowledgeable staff reconnect its guests to their natural roots. While camping out, visitors learn vast amounts in our non-electric, wood-fired community. Hundreds of hands-on classes are offered, such as beekeeping, woodworking, primitive skills, and more, covering the gamut of early traditional living. A program for fathers and sons kicks off the summer season, followed by a five-day workshop for adults with renowned naturalist and director Eustace Conway. Turtle Island is a great destination for scouts, school field trips, homeschool, and special interest groups. Please visit our website and then visit our paradise, turtleislandpreserve.org, or call 828-265-2267. Your preparation station is on the air. Welcome back. Thank you for staying tuned. I'm here with Dr. Joe Alton, 
And he is the other half of Joe and Amy Alton, who have written the book Doom and Bloom. Uh, I'm sorry, Survival Medicine on the Doom and Bloom website. Um, you guys are all over. You've got a lot of things that you're involved in. Um, and I want to kind of go, uh, if it's possible, in the next 15 minutes to actually list everything out that you do. <laughs> but, and it might take 15 minutes just to, to compile it all together. Um, you guys, the website does a good job of kind of drawing people to where their need is, but you, you reach their need on a lot of different levels. Aside from the book of um, and the articles that you write online, what else do you do? What else can people connect with if that's their way to learn? Well, we've written, uh, not only have we written uh, the Survival Medicine Handbook, and I, I want to just say how blessed I am to have the support of the preparedness community for uh, our efforts in mm-hmm. uh, putting this book together because uh, you know, we self-published the book. I even edited it, edited it myself. Uh, and so uh, I, I was expecting a couple hundred people to get it and, and uh, the response has been uh, pretty pretty amazing and so i'm really blessed on this book we did write another book also called the ebola survival handbook and that actually spent um, a few days in uh on the new york times bestseller list in health and uh, i like to say that i that i cured the ebola epidemic uh, (laughs) because when the when ebola started sort of ramping up i said my goodness I must write about Ebola and tell everybody what to do. And so, of course, I wrote night and day for weeks. And the second that I put the book out on the shelf, I mean, for a couple of days, uh, it was on the New York Times bestseller list, I think four days. And then you never heard about Ebola again. I know. You must have done it. I must have cured it. (laughs) (laughs) You totally. No, you know, in all seriousness, that's that's a great. I like that little claim to fame. I think it's awesome. Um, in all seriousness, you were actually writing about Ebola before it was as mainstream and 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 scary to people. You know, it doesn't get yeah, here until they hear it on the big news, right? But you were yeah, writing you know, about it long before. Oh man, I I I remember my first article start off something like, you know, I'm concerned about this viral viral disease that's. Uh, that that's taken the lives of 40 people in uh, Liberia <laughs> yeah, and it wound yeah. up taking like 11,000, you know, I'm, goodness knows how many total cases there were. There were 11,000 deaths. Um, yeah. Thank goodness that, uh, that it, it cooled down a little bit, uh, but uh, it, it's, believe it or not, it's still there. And yet the poor people that have had Ebola, actually have issues with their eyesight, with their hearing, mm. with chronic pain. So I, I feel for these people. And uh, and the sad thing is that they'll never, they probably won't ever get the help that they need because it's no longer newsworthy or or sexy yeah. enough to, to be uh, paid attention to. So it, it, it's, it's sad for them. I'm glad that, however, there are, no, there are not a lot of active cases. Uh, these are vir- these viral things are things that come and go, uh, and so we'll probably see it again. But hopefully, we'll mm. be prepared for it this time. Yeah, yeah. So you've written at least two books, and I if you've compiled all your articles together, you've written a couple phone books size. <laughs> oh boy, articles. I'll tell you, 
I think I and we also actually uh, uh, to little fanfare. I actually wrote a. I actually abbreviated the survival medicine handbook. It's pretty weighty. It's about six hundred, almost six hundred pages. Mm-hmm. So I put it into a two hundred and fifty page, made it into a two hundred and fifty page book, that had spent the last two years on the most wished for list on Amazon, and I I figured that. Why is that? It, 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 maybe it's too expensive? I don't know. So I, I made a, an abbreviated version. It was published by Skyhorse Publishing. It wasn't self-published this time. Um, and it's a, nice, it's a nice book. It's got, it's got a lot of good information, but it's just not as much as in, is in our book. That book is called, they titled it The Ultimate Survival Medicine Guide. And you can find that on Amazon also. And, and that's less expensive if you, if you just can't afford... Uh, the the bigger book then there is a, a a smaller that may be more compact portable version that you can get on Amazon it's called the ultimate survival medicine guide so that's our our third book that we put out i'm working on a book on infections um i'm working uh, i'm working on actually on putting together uh, a, seri- a, a series of video casts right now. We're with uh, the nice folks at AroundTheCabin.com and do a video cast, uh, survival medicine video cast, the first and third Wednesdays of each month. So if you want to physically see me make a fool of myself, <laughs> <laughs> you have an opportunity twice a month uh, to see us by, by going to AroundTheCabin.com. Um, we have a, our weekly survival medicine podcast that uh, is now almost in our 250th uh, episode, and uh, and that's Nurse Amy and I uh, talking about all sorts of the news of the day as it pertains to you know survival medicine, mm-hmm. and you might find that. Uh, yeah, I mean, some people we do we do occasionally inject our opinions about things in there too. You never <laughs> you never know what will come up there. Uh, we have a a, a very active, uh, surprisingly active uh, Facebook group at Survival uh, Medicine Doctor Bones Nurse Amy. Now it's you know, we've had it for about three months or so. It's got four thousand members, and mm-hmm. uh, of course our other pages are Doom and Bloom and uh, Doctor Bones and Nurse Amy. Uh, you can find us on uh, our Twitter is Prepper Show, so we've got uh, a presence on Twitter, and, and we are, are active on all these things. Their YouTube channel is called Doctor Bones Nurse Amy, and we've got over a hundred uh, videos on on that. And that's also something we've done relatively recently. Um, you used to actually the funny if you look at the first few videos, they're actually uh, gardening videos, and it actually <laughs> Nurse Amy's cucumber video. She has a uh, one on growing container cucumbers actually is the most popular video on our website on our YouTube channel with has something like 350,000 views it's pretty awesome. pretty pretty amazing it just goes I, I keep telling her you got to do the videos because people don't want to see me i mean i'm i'm the face <laughs> made for radio they want to see your pretty face <laughs> miss amy so so anyhow so there's that uh, and you guys have you guys yeah. have um, live classes too. You travel and oh yeah, teach in in real life. <laughs> oh boy, that's the thing, man. We've been traveling like crazy. You know how old folks get into their get in their RV and they tra- start <laughs> traveling the country. We're sort of doing that, I Yay. guess. If you think about that, and so we have been this year to uh, 
to Denver, Colorado. We've been to North Carolina. We've been to Oregon. We've been to Ontario, Canada. We've been to um, Dallas, Texas, uh, Florida, Lakeland, Florida, mm-hmm. um, Atlanta, Georgia. And we're going to be back in North Carolina at uh, the Prepper Camp event that yep. uh, they're putting on there. And just next week, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. next, next weekend. Um, and uh, we'll be before before we're done for the fall. We'll also be in Houston, Texas. We'll be in um, Louisville, Kentucky, and we'll also be in uh, in South Florida. We're going to do a, a class in South Florida as well. So, so you you'll have an opportunity to see see us. We we are pretty much committed to traveling to at least a dozen places and, and spreading the word, um, you know, on, yeah. on, a, on a regular basis. And, and we love meeting people. And uh, I, I can't tell you, you know, how many people make my day by uh, say, you know, uh, saying that I've done something for them or woken them up to the idea of becoming medically prepared. And yeah. every time that, every time I hear that, you know, it's like an angel. It's like an angel gets his wings. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, it's true. It, it is true when you actually get to uh, be in the same vicinity as someone who, who for whatever reason they've they've picked up on something you've done or you actually taught the class. Um, you get the real life experience of whose life you've been able to impact, and they impact yours as well. Yes. Yeah, it, it, it's very. I, I have to tell you that I learn as much from people as they learn from me. I mean, I've been, mm-hmm. I've been, you know, taught all sorts of uh, unusual, uh, outside the box ways of dealing with issues, and some of them, you know, I think are realistic, and some of them may not be. But um, you know, it, it's all interesting. It's just great to hear, you know, what people think because you know they're always coming from somewhere. You know, their life experiences are different than yours and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, their background and their training may be different. And so it's always it's always interesting. I have to say that uh, it's it's an it, it can be tiring, but it, it's an awesome mission that we have. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. If, if people have uh, the opportunity to go by doomandbloom.net, you can click on classes and and find out where um Joe and Amy will be teaching or where you might be able to take a class with them because you might hear this later after they, all their their fall uh, 2015 <laughs> circuit is over. <laughs> so if you're listening to it later on, um, to get the most up to date, Joe, is that the best place for them to go or sign up for your newsletter? Yes. yes but but, uh, but right. click they on class. sign up for the newsletter, of course, they'll, yeah, they'll, they'll receive a, you know, a, a regular not daily i'm not i don't flood you with stuff you know it's <laughs> oftentimes just monthly or every three weeks you know I'll, I'll send something out and it'll tell you where we're going to be at it'll tell you what classes are available and on the website doomandbloom.net there's also a page that tells you um that's called classes so uh, mm-hmm. it's pretty self-explanatory where we're going to be what we're going to be teaching and you also now have um, a shop section. You're providing things oh. that you see. I'm trying to pull you in of all this stuff. I understand this life. It's I understand what you're doing. This is, yeah, it reaches into a lot of aspects because preparedness does. You want to help as many people as possible, so you try to find ways to facilitate that. And I think a shop is a natural 
outpouring of, hey, I've tried these things, they work. Let me help you keep from having to look everywhere for them. Um, <laughs> so Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it, you're absolutely right, uh, Donna, because we have had, in, in the early part of uh, our doing this, we've had people asking, what should be in my kit? You have yeah. a list. Can you print it out? Can you? I don't have the time to put all this stuff together. Can you make a kit for me? <laughs> and so that turned out to be a steamroll. And now we have uh, at least a dozen different medical kits and all sorts of individual items. Uh, Nurse Amy's is, is the main designer of, of those, and uh, I think she's done a, a super job. Uh, but I have to tell you one thing that you know, we freely, freely publish all the contents of all the items that we have in our in our kits. And I want people to put together their own kits as well. I mean, if you don't have the time and, and, and can't don't have the effort to make it on your own, that's fine. You can get our kits from us. But I could care less if you buy any of our things. OK, I mean, any of the stuff that's on our store. I don't care whether you buy any of it. I just want you to have the stuff that's on the list that are in all of our kits. So, uh, you know, basically just take a look at the various kits that we have, personalize them to redesign them so they make sense for you. I think that that is what I think you should, uh, that's what I think people should do. But of course, if you can't get off your duff lazy bones and make your own kit. <laughs> well, we got kits for you. So and at so least you'll feel good about, about what they're getting. That's right. You'll feel good about what they're getting because you know they've got something. Um, right. You and, know, you got, and it's made put together by a doctor and a, a nurse practitioner. Yeah. I have to say, yes, as I listen to you saying this, Joe, it's so funny because um, – there's always there always comes a moment when I'm when I'm interviewing someone who I know personally that I've been able to talk to over the years that 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 something like that comes out and there is a big um, marketing machine for preparedness out there somewhere I don't think anybody I'm associated with is really on that wagon but I want to encourage someone who's listening listen for people who talk like Joe just did. And his big thing is for you to be prepared, not to sell you the Brooklyn Bridge. Um, you know, it, that's so funny. It has literally come up, no kidding, in every interview of every author that I've done so far. And that just warms my heart like you have no idea to know the group of people we have contributing to Prepare Magazine. That, I mean, obviously we give away the digital for free. So it's the same mission. It's get prepared the more people who are prepared the less chaos there will be and the more back to what you said before the break more of us that can rise to the occasion when there's a need so i uh, that that absolutely warmed my heart joe i love to hear you talk like oh, that oh you're a sweetheart well I, i'll tell you that you know people really need to realize the kind of benefit that they get from the information that you disseminate in in prepare magazine there's so much important stuff to know there. I'm not talking about mm-hmm. the stuff that I'm, I'm writing about. It's just a, the ramblings of an old, of an old man, but nice. basically there is a lot of people that know what the heck they're talking about that are sharing their knowledge in Prepare Magazine. And it, and believe me, it wouldn't be the, it wouldn't be there unless uh, you made the effort to make that uh, make Prepare Magazine a reality and uh, I want to thank you for everything you've done for the preparedness community. 
We're just hoping it showcases those people who have the same heart that you do, and that is to serve others. And that's that's really very important to me. That's the genuineness that um, in society in general is, is lacking, and it's a, a rare jewel to find. So we're really appreciative of it. Something I want to hold till the next segment here, because I actually talked to Amy about it when this was just about to come out, but I want to I want to bring it up again um, for people who may not be acquainted with it. So I'm going to see. I'm teasing them. I'm making them listen through these commercials, so that they'll come back for Thank the you. Last. You're worrying me. I mean, what could <laughs> no, it be? No, 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 no. <laughs> you have too many things going on. I promise it's nothing you're going to get blindsided by. But um, stay tuned. This, to me, is a very um, it's a very interesting portion, and it says a lot about Joe and Amy and about how they approach preparedness. So we'll be back after this thing that I've teased you with in just a minute after our sponsors <laughs> speak. Here's how you can save $10 on the mill of your choice. Go to millersgrainhouse.com forward slash store and use the promo code RADIO at checkout. That's R-A-D-I-O at checkout. Or you can call 828-536-4988 during weekday business hours and get the same savings by phone. Either way, your order is shipped to your door without shipping charges. Remember, you can go to millersgrainhouse.com forward slash store or call 828-536-4988 and use the promo code RADIO. Are you looking to have ducks, geese, chickens? Boy, do we have something to share with you. Stop by ranch-coop.com. These folks build some of the most beautiful handcrafted coops for small areas as well as the farm. They are so easy to put together. It took us less than an hour and they're shipped right to your door. Stop by ranch-coop.com. Wonderful people to deal with. Beautiful coops that you can use for backyard and homestead fowl. Ranch-coop.com. Do you have your free digital subscription to Prepare Magazine yet? If not, then hurry over to preparemag.com and start getting each monthly issue sent directly to your inbox. It's easy. All you have to do is go to preparemag.com, enter your name and email address, and you're subscribed. Consider signing up for the premium membership for past issues and exclusive resources. You can even subscribe to the beautiful print version of Prepare Magazine. Visit preparemag.com and choose the option that's most valuable to you. Prepare Magazine, encouraging, empowering, and enriching your journey. Your preparation station is on the air. Okay, thank you for staying tuned. And I know you kind of had to because I baited you just before we took the break. I'm so sorry. I really didn't intend to do that. I was just watching the clock, and it was a fortunate little happenstance. Um, and here's here's the thing. is I'm looking at all the things that Joe and Amy do, all the things that they offer, and the um, attitude behind what they do it for. Why? It's for you. And their approach is definitely not the fear tactic and not the um, apocalyptic uh, doomsday scenario. And part of this came out, uh, I think it was a year ago, actually, I had Amy on the show, maybe a little over a year. And I don't even know if she unveiled what you guys were working on at that time, but I know it's here now, and that is the board game. Oh yes! As a matter of fact, I have it. I have it right in, in front of me. Right, uh, and I, I was saying to myself, you know, gosh darn, I forgot to mention the board game. I'm saving but, that one for this section because, see, to me, that's such a fun approach at this. I love the fact that you guys got this put out, and it's it's tell everybody about it. 
Well, the board game is called Doom and Bloom's Survival with a exclamation point, an exclamation point. And this is a way that I that, that Amy and I designed that gets that lone prepper to get the rest of the family to put down their smartphones for a little while <laughs> and play a game, have a family game night, play a board game that actually involves making first off thinking about survival because it it talks about real survival scenarios and actually making decisions that they would have to possibly make on their own in a survival setting without in other words getting them involved in the preparedness and survival mindset without it being a lecture from the prepper in the family without it being crammed down their throat by the prepper in the family and you know what? Yeah, I think you might find that people are more amenable to learning about preparedness and about uh, survival this way than they would by your telling people that the sky is falling or or that even though it might be true, maybe the sky is falling. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but the without instilling fear, this is a problem. Is that you know prepare preppers are are thought to be getting involved in all this stuff for, because out of desperation or fear or paranoia, things like that. It, it couldn't be anything farther from the truth. I mean, we're just normal people that want to have the common sense, that have the common sense. It may only make sense to be prepared for the slings and arrows of the uncertain future, okay? Nobody can mm-hmm. predict what happens in the future. I'll admit that you probably... Uh, dear listener, uh, are probably not going to be affected by a major disaster in the next year, at least I hope not. But, you know, over the course of a lifetime or over the course of your children's lifetimes, you know, maybe that risk isn't so small. So it might be a good idea to think about these kinds of decisions you might have to make, you know, and that's what Doom and Bloom Survival is all about. Uh, In the game, you're a character that has prepared, so you start off with a certain number of resources, And your hometown, which by my genius, my incredible genius, I called Center City, and I put it right in the middle of the board. Nice. (laughs) So it's right in the middle of the board, and it's called Center City. It's amazing. I was going to call it uh, East uh, Brunswick, but uh, I figured Center (laughs) City is probably better. So anyhow, your hometown and a lot of the area on the board has actually been taken over by not zombies, not demons, not dragons, but what actually happened, people that want to take what you have. And we call them raiders in the game. And you go out into the world and you get uh, food, you get uh, uh, weapons, you get fuel, you get other survivors, you go to abandoned hospitals to get medical supplies and you go to various settlements that are on the periphery of the board that might be a safe haven for you and your family. But everything is a challenge. You just don't land on an icon that uh, on a square, uh, actually it's a hexagon that has, has food, for example, and magically get food. You have to overcome a challenge of some sort. You have to succeed at a challenge to get that food and maybe other rewards if the challenge is hard enough. Sometimes it's related to luck. Uh, the, throw of a dice. Sometimes it involves giving charity to people. Sometimes it involves bartering. So all the things that you would actually have to make decisions about in a real survival setting. And if you go into raider territory, guess what? You get attacked and you have to survive an attack uh, by raiders. 
you can use your your assets. You can sacrifice your fuel to go faster across the board. You can sacrifice your weaponry to gain an edge in an encounter with raiders. You can sacrifice food to gain an edge in a in an, in a zone that doesn't have raiders. Mm-hmm. So the mechanic of the game is that you're constantly being tempted to sacrifice your stuff while at the <laughs> same time knowing you can't win the game unless you have a certain amount of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's that type of thing. You always be tempted to use your food up in a survival setting. You may be tempted to uh, use your weaponry. You know, use up all your ammo if you were if you were attacked. Well, and the the truth of the matter is is that you can choose to go into raider territory, or you can choose to stay in relatively safer green zones, and. It depends on you. It depends on the kind of person you are. If you go into raider territory, the risks are greater. There are penalties for for failing, but there's greater rewards for being successful. And uh, there's less less uh, risks, but there's less rewards too in in regular mm-hmm. green zone areas. So there are lots of different. It, it, it's a pretty cool game. I really really enjoy it. I have a lot of fun. It always seems to uh, go all the way to the end, to the, the last turn or two with uh, two or three people that are, you know, that are right up there with each other. So it's a, it's a fun game. Yeah. If someone is um, just listening and you get the chance to, um, if you get the chance to look this up later, they have a separate website also. I mean, of course you connect through doomandbloom.net, but if you get the chance to look up survivalboardgame.com, you can see the, the game pieces, you can see the board he's talking about, Center City in the middle, Green Zones, and you'll get an understanding um, of this verbal description of how to kind of play this game. But what I think is really neat is you have those multifaceted um uh, for lack of a better word, priority challenges. I mean, is it a priority to be um, to be generous to someone to you? Is it a priority to to make it to clean water, which is the priority at this time? Um, because in a survival situation, which many of us are rarely in, that's really the question: Where are your priorities right now? And Will they change later? Will they not? Are they staunch moral priorities that have no change and no no movement, or are they in that gray area? Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. It, it it makes a lot of sense, and it's different in the game. In the game, those priorities change a little bit, at, depending on your situation as you progress through the game. Mm-hmm. And so, in other words, in some circumstances. You know, it makes sense for you to barter. In some circumstance, charity makes is important. In other other circumstances, you know, you may not have the resources that you're able to give other people. I mean, you may need them to survive yourself. And so, this is these are some of the decisions that might actually exist if this scenario was in real life. Mm-hmm. And so we tried to make it as realistic as we possibly could with regards to that. Uh, there, some people didn't like that we put dice into the game, but the truth of the matter is, is that there's luck involved in survival. You can be uh, you can be Daniel Boone if you happen to walk into uh, uh, into somebody else and the path of somebody else's arrow or 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 shotgun. Then yeah. it doesn't matter how good you are at. Uh, at doing wilderness stuff. 
Well, you're not in control of everything that's around you anyway. The more people will realize that in their preparedness aspect, they're, they're going to realize I cannot be prepared for everything, but I can have an idea of the contingency. And exactly. That's, that's what dice brings to a game like this. It, there is a contingency, and if you want to realize that someone or something else is in control of those, that's fine. Um, you know, personal faith. Uh, I'm not in. I know I'm not in control of a lot of stuff, and it's really yeah. good. It's a good thing for probably Join. everybody else on the planet too. Uh-huh. <laughs> Join the club, right? Yeah. <laughs> so those things that appear out of control are still circumstantial, but it doesn't mean they aren't designed to happen anyway. So you know, I think dice is a great representation of that. Um, how else really could you play it? Um, you 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 cannot be in control of everything, and that adds that element of. What are you going to do with those things you're not in control of? So I think that's great. I love that you guys, I remember talking to Amy and she was really excited because I think you guys had the first prototype out and you were just kind of goofing around with, you know, what to tweak, what to tweak there. Um, has it been, have you heard many people say they've been able to drag their their reluctant family <laughs> and friends yeah, in know. It's a, very surprisingly, you know, we, the way we set up the game was with a bunch of hexagons. But instead of monopoly, you know, monopoly, you you go this way and you mm-hmm. go around the board, and 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 it's always the same way. I mean, you you can't play monopoly and start saying, okay, I'm going to start playing a counterclockwise. You can't do that. So right. so basically, what we did is we just put a bunch of hexagons starting from the very middle uh, center city and all these hexagons that, that, that radiated from it. And so what happens is, is that you can go in any direction that you want and you can do anything that you want. So the game turned out to be very replayable because you're never doing the same thing twice. Mm-hmm. So you're always traveling in a different area. You're, you're, you're traveling. You some dependent on your needs. You may have to go through raider territories, and you may have to travel to a specific hospital to get abandoned medical uh, some uh, medical supplies. And the with this hex pattern, it allows you to go in just about any direction that you need to go. In. So it's uh, I think that it really helped the versatility of the game and and the replayability. And that's basically it. Is you want any everyone will play the game once, but you want people to play the game again and again and without getting bored. And mm-hmm. so I think we've managed to be successful in doing that. I mean, we really marketed the game, by the way, only to uh, the prepared to our core core audience. I mean, we really haven't uh, marketed it to a great number of you know just board gamers or or hipsters in New York or whoever you, <laughs> or whatever. So you know, so we we and we're actually okay with we're actually okay with that. But it is a game that everywhere we go, we sell out of it. When uh, I've never brought a game back, um, you know, after That's taking awesome. it to to a show. Once people see it, and the game is we have Kurt Miller who did uh, a game called Axes and Allies that was very popular a few years ago. We have mm-hmm. uh, Josh Capel of Pandemic who doing the art and the graphic design. So we have. Um, you know, I mean, the game is a visually a pretty game, or not a it pretty is. game, good-looking yeah. game, and uh, and and we've made it so that uh, it's almost like a limited edition game. So mm-hmm. it's really cool. Yeah, I was really excited when you guys released it. I think it's it 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 meets a need that is is beyond role playing it because 
you know, we can all in trainings or whatever do a role play, but those are all hypotheticals. This has real make make a move kind of consequences. You make that move, and here's a consequence. Um, oh, yeah. And a lot of variables. I think that's just so awesome. And that was my that was my teaser for people to listen through because that that's kind of a, a exclamation point of what what you guys have been involved in um, for all the past few years. This has been a kind of a fun exclamation point. I think. Is there anything that I have missed that we have missed that we haven't shared so that people can get in in you know involved in stuff that you're doing? Well, you know what we are. We are so happy to get people involved and asking questions and and learning from us. And, you know, I'll just tell you, my personal email is drbonespodcast at AOL.com. So, you know, anybody who's listened to your your show, Donna, you know, if they want to ask me a question, just there's my email. That's great. That is so good. Well, now, I've asked everybody this that that we've had a chance to talk to recently. and it's usually kind of one of my my ways I like to end the show. What do you see um, kind of as one of the more pressing things that are coming down the pike for people to consider with their preparedness now, given this specific time and some things that we may be heading into in the future? Well, I'm concerned about the increasingly unstable international situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we think that the international situation is – it's hard to be isolationist when the people that are in the areas that are that are in trouble leave those areas and come to your shores. And mm-hmm. we're seeing that now. I mean, I'm surprised it hasn't happened more before, but, it, you know, the, the chickens are coming to roost, as they say, and these chickens happen to be Syrian in this case, but – you know, as more and more areas become unstable, there are going to be more and more refugees that are going to travel to uh, places that aren't in as bad a shape. Right now, those areas are Europe and those areas are the United States. The character uh-huh. of these countries, you know, will change somewhat and there'll be a lot of accommodations that are going to be necessary to deal with these people who need help. And the problem that the problem that we have with regards to this is that we really don't have all we don't have an unlimited amount of resources, but we have people who are in need of resources. Mm-hmm. So this is, I think, a pretty tough it's a pretty tough situation and it's, it's a little scary for the future, I think. And, I, and if you're not concerned about. Uh, about the future then and you haven't prepared then I think that you're making a mistake I think it's time to really think about it now what I think about it is I think you need to get those your beans and bullets out, out <laughs> of the way and start thinking about the bandages okay I mean you know mm-hmm. it doesn't, doesn't mean a hill of beans it doesn't mean and you just shoot yourself in the foot if you don't have the bandages so here's my little talkie talk my talkie talk is very simple Man, you can't have enough medical supplies. I mean, you'll there'll be a lot of people that'll have stuff that can make wounds. There's not going to be a lot of people that are going to have stuff that can heal wounds. And the more materiel that you have that are medical items that can help people get better from an injury, from an illness, you know, the more valuable that you will be to your community. Matter of fact, so much so that 
most likely your most likely your community if they know that you have skills and you have supplies, they'll probably spend resources just to protect you because you will be an important part of that community. Yeah. And so it's important number one to have resources, number two to volunteer or to understand that you are going to be a medical asset and be willing to give of your time and and, and resources to keep your people healthy and you'll have a community that will withstand any any disaster. You you're exactly right. I think uh people will rally around and realize that the person who has the skill and materials and, and has focused on caring for others uh versus um wounding or stealing from others they they're a hotter commodity and people are going to rally behind protecting that so i think you're you're completely right that's that's wonderful advice thank you oh you're so welcome <laughs> well i am i'm glad we got to spend some time together today and had a chance to both catch up and everyone else gets to listen to us catching up and it was fun yeah, it was good, and hopefully got to introduce you a little bit more personally to everybody who who has a chance to come by. Um, there will be some, some links below on the show page here, so you can click through those to connect. through. I know we threw around a lot of them, um, but you can click through there and connect. If you are listening um, and not in front of your computer at the time, just remember doomandbloom.net. Stop by there, and you'll be able to connect with everything that uh, Joe's been talking about and um, look for more articles in the usually most of your stuff comes out in the print so most of the print magazines have articles from um i'm going to call you dr bones and nurse amy but joe alton dr joe alton and amy alton um you're going to get that probably forever for me just because that's how yeah. we, <laughs> we met I, I i have no problem with it believe me <laughs> well, thank you so much for spending some time with me today, and I look forward to, um, I, hopefully I get to see you when you come up to Perper Camp. That'll be good. We hopefully get a chance to say hi. I hope so. It was great, Donna. Thank you so much for having us. I enjoyed it. Take care. Me. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Take care. This is Donna Miller signing off from your preparation station, wishing you happy preparedness and joy in the journey, and we'll talk with you again next time. Bye-bye. This has been another episode of your preparation station with Donna Miller. We would love to hear from you. Please connect with us at yourpreparationstation.com and on Facebook. Tune in again next time for another encouraging episode. Until then, keep growing and finding joy in the journey. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.